Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Product Powerhouse Podcast. I am so freaking excited for today's episode. Today's guest is one of the amazing women that I have got to work with this year in a one-on-one capacity. So if you are just tuning in for the first time, I am a web designer. I am a Shopify web designer. I really focus on Shopify. And I started doing that last year. Creating Shopify websites has just become my passion. And when I was working with today's guest, who is uh, Tan Gopal of Kozier.co, I just, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how much I just loved working with her. She is so thoughtful, so sweet. And we also dealt with the start of a pandemic right when we were working together. So things did not go as planned for me. Things did not go as planned for her. And she has just been incredible throughout this whole year. And she just really inspires me. So I'm really excited on that level to introduce you to her today. But I'm also really excited because this conversation we had was just incredible. I wanted to talk to Tan about the manufacturing process. So Tan has created a luxury, sustainable, eco-friendly clothing line. And she has it manufactured and it's something she's designed. And I just thought that this process of running a product-based business isn't often talked about. And I wanted to get her firsthand approach and insights. And I also love that she brought to the table this level of dealing with all of this during a pandemic. The conversation is just so incredible, so deep, so thoughtful. We actually got so deep in the conversation that I forgot to ask her some of those questions that I usually ask everyone, like, where can we find you online? And all of those, because we were just so in the moment. We talk about not just manufacturing, but running a business when you're a mom in a pandemic. Um, Also, body positivity and eco-friendly and just, I'm sorry, not eco-friendly, but sustainable and thoughtfully made clothing and products and small businesses. And it's just really, really one of those conversations that touched my heart. And I'm so grateful I got to have this conversation with Tan and I get to bring it to you guys and listen to. Before I go ahead and get started chatting with Tan, I did want to tell you where to find her online because I did forget to ask her. So her website is kozure.co. So that's C-O-Z-U-R-E. And we just recently launched the website right now. She's doing a pre-launch for her new product lines. Ah, they're just incredible. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. You're also going to want to follow Tan on Instagram. She posts some really um, thoughtful and insightful and inspirational content, and she is just such a delight. And so you can find her on Instagram at Kozier. And of course, I will have those links for you in the show notes and the blog post associated with this episode, which you can always find on my website at alexanderdesignco.com under the podcast tab, or you can always go to productpowerhousepodcast.com, and that takes you directly to the podcast page. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my friend and client, Tan. Welcome to the Product Powerhouse Podcast, where we talk about what it's like to run a product-based business. 
we'll be sharing specific actionable tips for your online store, chatting with other shop owners to go behind the scenes of their successful product-based businesses, and having a blast talking shop. I'm your host, Erin Alexander. I'm the founder of Alexander Design Company, a web design and marketing agency for e-commerce businesses. We work with incredible entrepreneurs to create an unforgettable online presence for their shop. Now grab a nice coffee and let's chat. Hi, Tan. I'm so excited to talk to you on the podcast today. How are you? I am doing so great, and I am equally excited. Thank you so much, Erin. Me too. I guess we're going to have to start by telling everyone a little bit about you and your business so that they can get to know you as well as I have. Yes, absolutely. So my name is Tan, and I am the founder of Cozier, which stands for Cozy Meets Couture. And I really believe that clothing should feel good. And what I mean by that is it should feel plush and soft and really nice on your skin, but it also should feel good with your spirit, meaning it's ethically made, it's as eco-conscious as possible. And I feel like that was something that was really missing when I was always trying to find something nice going shopping. That is so awesome. I love what you've done. I know that like really high quality, but also really high, not high, but conscious, you know, being aware of what, how your clothes are made, how they are created is really important to you. And I'm just so excited. I would love if you would tell us how you got into designing clothing. Yes. So I think so many of us entrepreneurs and so many of, of us that want to become entrepreneurs we may have started differently and that's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. I have um, multiple engineering degrees. I had a corporate life that was very technical, all very senior technical rows. And I'm proud of all of that, those accomplishments, but I reached a point in my career that I was very proud of what I had accomplished, but I wasn't growing. There was something inside of me that I still wanted to create and to design. I think it's the engineer in me that likes to build things and likes to design But I also held myself back a little bit because fashion design is artistic and it's creative and it doesn't really fit the stereotype of what a technical leader does. So I I hesitated a little bit and then I took a deep dive into what my values are. And that was a really important exercise because my values are all around community, uniqueness, normal is not necessary powerful women should always feel stunning. You know, these are all the emotions that I have inside of me. And there was no reason for me not to become a designer. Um, And that was a really important milestone. And one of those scary moments, I think a lot of us as small business owners, you know, going from an environment that's in an office where structure is already in place and you feel like you have some stability in terms of a paycheck versus going out on your own. And I think when you build a product from scratch, there's also a bit of uncertainty with that because it's um, it's a whole design process and a build process, and then you need to share it with the world. And I hope people love it as much as you do. Uh, so that's a little bit about my journey. And I really want to share this advice that if you have this in your heart, whether you want to do it part-time while you still have a different job or you want to go like full in, just start going. You can ship away at it a little bit at a time. You don't have to finish that entire thing in one day. I don't know anyone who has built an entire business in one day, but if you do work on it and you really 
really reach out to other people who have who maybe are a little bit ahead of you who already are selling a product or a service and they've gone through some of those steps, more than likely they will help you, meaning they'll point you in the right direction of resources or one of the best things that I did was I've joined a couple of groups for people who are doing similar businesses and that community has been so vital to me. Uh, We've all shared the same pain points and it goes back to my core value. I love community. So that that is really a few things that have helped me get to where I am right now. That's such an inspiring story. I think we have some of that in common where I had a I had a perfectly fine job. I loved my job. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't fulfilling in that like internal, like I want to create something. And for years I had been thinking, how could I make money without getting a job? Like, you know, like how could I create something where I anyways, um, so that's some really interesting. Uh, perspective. I also love how much you talk about community. Were your communities like in person or did you join like virtual groups? I've done both, you know, so, and I think that there's advantages, um, you know, when you do a virtual group, you are able to really reach out to people. I mean, and I'm so glad I joined one prior to um, the pandemic hitting because I still have that community rhythm that we have monthly meetings for an hour. Mm-hmm. That's so helpful. Um, but you can hear perspectives from people um, in different parts of the country and sometimes even different parts of the world. And that is so incredibly helpful. It kind of increases your reach in terms mm-hmm. of the type of people that you yourself can help or that you can learn from. So that's been really great. I live in Austin, Texas, which is a very friendly city. Um, And there are a few entrepreneurial groups here. So I've been part of like an overarching women entrepreneurship group, which has been great because it'll cover all aspects of business. And I'm in a smaller fashion roundtable where it is in person. We've gone virtually during the pandemic. We're going to do like a socially distant meeting today. And that has also been helpful. Again, like some of us do different things. Some are more into the fashion blogging. Some are also producing, designing from scratch their own clothing. And some are more on the helping with the design, like coming up with this is what's on trend. These are the colors that you should be using. These are the fabrics that you're seeing in fashion and what people want. So when you have that diversity and you have people that just want to help one another, it's just very energizing. It's very warm and energizing. So I've been very grateful for that experience. Oh yeah, I can imagine. That sounds really fun. I wish I lived in a bigger city so I could be a part of like more in-person things. I did start one with like my little biz besties here in town, but man, it'd be so cool to be in a big city and (laughs) get to experience so much more. I know when I, I actually feel like I'm more aware of like what's going on in the world because of my online connections, which is something that I didn't experience before I became an entrepreneur. Yes, yes. Well, you're very good at actually pulling community together virtually also. Oh, we have some, yeah, we have some common connections and it's always so so neat to see how small the world can be. It, know, it is. Yeah. So we're today we're going to talk about manufacturing cuz you have done something different than I feel like not everyone, but a lot of the product based businesses usually are handmade or they're a lot of the ones I tend to work with are handmade products, which your products are handmade, but you're not the one making them. You do manufacturing. And this process is fascinating. And I had no idea everything you were 
doing until we started, until we met like, you know, several months ago and you started posting the process on Instagram. So I'm really excited to talk about that. So can you tell us a little bit? I didn't want to give away the secrets. <laughs> yes. No, so let me talk a little bit about making a product in this particular example from scratch, where you have to work with factories that are going mm-hmm. to actually make these items. And yes, a lot of my items are going to be handmade because knitwear, things that are sweaters, you actually have to feed in the yarn and do a lot of the work by hand. Uh, So it's important to have a manufacturing partner that um, has the same values that you do. So for me, it's like community. So I actually work with a family owned business in Italy that does sweaters and knitwear. So that's so neat to have that connection. But how did I actually get to that point of having that connection? Because a year ago, I had no clue. I did not know. I had the vision. I started thinking about maybe just buying things ready-made. And then I had some really great coaching from some friends that said, no, your vision has always been to design something. So what I did was um, I started looking on Amazon for books. So like, how do you actually find, you know, a production partner, some factories? That was really challenging. I didn't really find anything with good information there. Um, And I have to say, Instagram helped out. You know, I found some groups of people on Instagram that specifically helped fashion entrepreneurs. Some of them had actually resources like uh, maybe PDFs or an, an ebook that actually made it very tactical and tangible for me in terms of, okay, first kind of sketch it out. What are you trying to do? You know, there's so much in the world of clothing as there is with any other product. Are you doing active wear? Are you doing night wear? For me, I'm doing ready to wear things that you would wear just out and about. Would love to do loungewear next year because <laughs> we all want beautiful loungewear right now. Um, and really breaking down those steps, you know, and what those steps really are is first having a little bit of that understanding of what your niche is, you know, are you serving both men and women? Who's your audience? What are you trying to provide for them? You know, for me, I want something that's very intentionally made with a flexible fit, something that's effortless, but that you can dress up or down. Um, and something that is going to be sustainably made as, as sustainable as possible. Um, then you can go one of two ways with it. You can start doing research for factories that make those type of products and you can work with them directly. Um, and they will have, just like when you're making a house, you have an architect draw you a map of this is what the house is going to look like. They'll do something similar for your clothing. They'll make a sketch of what it looks like. You don't necessarily have to have those skills. I think that's one of the things that detracts people from going into building something on their own. You don't have to necessarily have a fashion design school degree or be an incredible handwritten um, artist. You just have to have the vision and the ability to sketch it out a little bit and to describe it. And here's where actually Pinterest comes in really useful. You can create these pin boards that show the inspiration. And that's a very great visual way to describe either to a factory or a production partner, what your vision is. What are you trying to do? What's the mood? What are the type of style details? Um, Versus working directly with a factory. Like if you're new and you don't feel comfortable doing that, you can actually work with a production partner that will help you to develop those drawings in a professional way and will be like an intermediary between you and the factory because they have a lot of experience. They know what type of questions the factory is going to ask about 
how much fabric you need, and then all the other details like elastic and thread and packaging. Um, and that is the route that I have taken. And it has been so wonderful because that production partner, I actually work with two. One is based in Europe and one is based here in Austin, Texas. They're both women-owned businesses. So fantastic because they understand what I'm trying to achieve. And they have the experience working with the factories. So they can really help me understand lead times, what specifics you know are needed for me. And then from a size and fit perspective, they really encourage me to be a part of that so that the audience I'm catering to will have the size and fit that they would be expecting. Um, and then once you get to the point where you've got your design, you then get prototypes, you know, and you'll probably work through two or three rounds of prototypes where your first prototype may not look exactly what your vision was. And then you have to edit it, you have to tweak it. Um, and that will take a little bit of time back and forth with the factory, you know, putting more gathers or making it shorter or longer or fitting a certain way. Um, you may even choose a different fabric at that point because the very same pattern and a different fabric will look different. It'll flow different. So choosing the materials is actually very important to you. The fabrics is very important because it will, um, it just drapes differently when you have a really quality and breathable fabric. So that was something I learned. And then color. Color has such an impact. Um, there's one dress in my first collection that has a gathered waist. The first prototype was in like a dusty lavender and some people liked it. The second prototype was in like a very nice royal navy blue and people just went same exact pattern, but the response was different. It was pulling different emotions from different people. And the final sample was just in a very soft rain blue and it was just universally really exciting. So color for your product is a very important part of the design process too. It evokes different emotions. We've all had that feeling when we see a piece of clothing online and we might be attracted to one of the colors that's offered versus one of the neutral colors, for example. And then you, when you get to that final prototype, um, you can then work with the factory to understand how much lead time they need to make the total quantity that you're planning on selling. For me, because Cozier is a sustainable brand, I'm also making small batches. So mm -hmm. you can make batches as small as 50 to 100 pieces per item, so per shirt or per dress. Once you get larger, you may want to do closer to 500, you know, so that you can get better discounts on the pricing. It'll be quite a bit more expensive when your minimums are lower. Um, mm -hmm. And that's to be expected because um, your clothing is all made by people and they have to actually cut the fabric, feed it into machines. If it's a sweater, they're actually putting all of that yarn there. There's a lot of touch that has to happen in the clothing manufacturing experience. So it's been wonderful learning all of this, you know, and since I've I have a little bit of past experience just um, being a reseller on eBay and Poshmark um, just for my own items, not as like a business. I do understand the importance of packaging. So once you get to the point of you have your product and it's made, it's manufactured, now you want to fulfill orders. You want to reach people. So you want to make sure that you're reaching your audience so they know about these wonderful products that you've made just for them. And then you want to fulfill those orders in a really streamlined way and have a beautiful experience for them as well. So that's kind of like the start to the finish of that cycle. And then the cycle starts over again, but a little bit 
deeper. And this is just my kind of take on it. Because once you put a product out and you can see how people are reacting to it, you can make your second collection more catered to the things that they really were attracted to, the things that they gave you feedback on that they really, really loved. Um, and then one of the hopes that I have, since I'm starting so small, each like production run is so small, I fit is so important to me. And I get very frustrated when certain groups of women are excluded from um, certain clothing ranges. So I want to be able to learn from the people who buy the products or who aren't able to buy the products, but write to me so that I can expand sizes moving forward. You know, and I've seen a lot of other brands do that. You know, I understand you may only be able to manufacture three sizes in the beginning because that's where your budget is. But moving forward, you know, I'd love to understand from my audience and be able to make them, you know, in the sizes that would fit them and their lifestyle. That's really important as well. Yeah, I think that that's so important also. I mean, I'm a slightly curvy girl. Like I can wear regular sizes, but I usually feel more comfortable in a plus size because of the way it's made. Yeah, they're yeah, they're made differently, like the the same pair of jeans and like the regular size, but because like, you know, there's a size where it's uh, a regular size and then they have that same size in the plus version. It just tends to fit a little bit better in different places. Yeah, so I can definitely appreciate that perspective. So this is quite a long process. Like it, it, it takes several months because we've been working, you've been working through this as far as I know, like for months. Yes. I mean, so I started, it would be like a year ago. I think the process would have been shorter if we didn't have quarantine. Right. (laughs) Factory had shut down. And then I think mentally, a lot of us all, like it was very just like, we went through a joint traumatic experience. So like, I think productivity, like it was what it was was. over it. Um, but I would say, you know, like from start to finish, it does take several months. Like it does take a month or two just for you to put your vision down and then to start kind of um, filtering what colors and fabrics and how many items that you want to make and selecting the best of those piecemeat um, and putting together something that's called an assortment. So that was kind of a new term for me. You want to put together an assortment that makes sense. Um, and you can do whatever you want. If you only want to do skirts and you want to make an assortment of all mid-length skirts, you can go ahead and do that. You know, in my case, I decided to do, um, I shifted gears actually responding to the pandemic and I focused a little bit more on tops um, and with just a few bottoms. Because I think with all of our Zoom calls and everything going on, there's more of a need for that. Mm-hmm. And um, it does, it does take a little bit of time. I think it accelerates after you've done one or two collections and you might have um, patterns and pieces that are already like staples for your brand. And then you launch them every year with maybe a few different style tweaks or different colors or fabrics. And you may have noticed um, well-established mass marketed brands do that. You know, there's certain cuts yeah. kind of expect from them depending on their style and their mood. Yeah, I can think of like, especially tanks, like undershirts, you can like get them in every single color of the rainbow. (laughs) That used to be my go-to, especially when I was pregnant, I would wear like, because I had to wear slacks for work. So I wear like yoga pants that look like slacks and then a colored tank top and a sweater. (laughs) That's perfect. That was my personal uniform. (laughs) (laughs) So this is your second collection, right? So this is really my first 
I'll call it homemade collection. This is my first collection. Um, the clothing that I launched last year was in collaboration with an American company in New Jersey that sources organic cotton. And they had a few designs, you know, so I worked that were already made that they had already tested. Um, and as part of this process, you have to actually trademark your brand. So I actually needed some physical products before I could get my trademark. So I worked with them to get some pieces. Those actually sold uh, pretty well. People loved the fact that it was organic cotton. It was made in USA. It was a nice also. That's also a family-owned business. Mm -hmm. It was wonderful to work with them. Um, and this will be the first one, the first collection of kosher that is really just designed from scratch. Like just And it's very exciting. And again, once you start doing it, things accelerate because... Yeah. This first collection launching in just like a month or maybe five or six weeks from now. And as I launch that, I'll be lining up the launch of my second collection. I already have a few other pieces designed and ready to go that I'm very excited about because those include beautiful details like rich satin silk bows that you can tie and oh so nice really yeah fun feminine details so i'm excited about that collection too and then yeah. i already have a vision for my third collection which is more <laughs> wear. it's more loungewear because it's just i would love to have some pieces that are nice enough to wear outside that are 100 percent loungewear nightwear but you can sneak out of the house and no one would know like oh yeah clothes i feel like that is like my one of my biggest like dreams right now to make some <laughs> and to make it washable to make it washable at least on the delicate cycle that would be like so fun i think people would have a fun time like wearing a dress that's actually meant for lounge or nightwear but if you wore it with like a nice sandal or something you could just wear it out that would be fun yeah that's so exciting that you already have like a vision for like the second and third Mm -hmm. collections how quickly do you think you'll be I guess I know things have changed with the pandemic but like are you going to start the next are you going to like launch a like a spring collection next year or is it going to take a little bit longer no I think I am I think oh I am. that's so exciting uh, so this one collection that's coming in fall winter you know we're really just working with the manufacturers and the factories right now to see when they can accommodate it because they they had to shut down so now they're kind of starting yeah. to ramp up for their orders again and then for the second collection which has all these beautiful like feminine details we should be ready to go. It's going to be more a matter of me timing things, you know, with the first collection and the second, I may not want them a month apart. I may want a little bit more space between them. Mm -hmm. um, but for the second collection, I do have two or three pieces that are sweaters. So I may just want to go ahead and launch them before Thanksgiving because those will be like great gifts or things that you could actually dress up for holiday get togethers. Or if you're just, staying at home and celebrating with a small group of people, you may still want to dress comfortable and beautiful. So I think that would be great. And I may postpone some of my other pieces to next spring, um, just so that I have a chance to reach my audience as a brand and to learn how to keep growing that audience and getting people to trust the brand and getting people to know me and me getting to know them as well. Yeah, one of the things that bugs me about fast fashion is like they try to push it on you a little too early like yeah. there's sweaters at the store but I'm like it's still 100 degrees I can't think about a sweater 
So that's such a great point because as a fashion designer, and for those of us that are in the um, round table that I go to, we've actually been very frustrated with that because it's a very mass marketing kind of mentality. And I don't have that. I have a very like, I want to learn about you and empathize with you and understand where you're coming from. Um, Because I really view it as me providing something that you're going to love versus me marketing to you and kind of encourage you to buy it. I really want you to love what these things are. And I want to tell you why you're going to love them so you can have them. And I don't want to launch sweaters in August. I just, oh, it's still kind of warm. But I do understand that some people want to put these things out there early so they have enough time to, to reach their audience. But And I think um, there's also been like a huge trend shift in the fashion industry. And it's this concept, which I have embraced, you know, even before this all happened in terms of seasonless. So a lot of the clothing that I make, even if I launch it in fall or I launch it in spring, summer, I actually test it to see if it's going to work well, if it's warm outside or if it's a little cold. Can you layer it? Can you get work. Um, I have a cotton cashmere tank that I developed and that fabrication is very hard to find. And it's just a touch of cashmere because I didn't want the whole thing to be cashmere and then just be warm. Um, But you can wear it in summer or you can layer it in winter. And it's very self-regulating because it's mostly cotton. And I love that about it. And the sweater coat that I'm going to be launching later too, I didn't make it too, too thin and I didn't make it too, too thick because I want this to be at this price point where it's being handmade, I want you to be able to wear it 12 months out of the year. I want you to be able to wear it all the time in the office, like comfortable enough in the office. But if you needed a light coat just to go out or once we get back to plane travel, you can use it as well. So that's very intentionally designed in each one of my products that for the most part, they're as seasonless as possible with the exception of some of the warmer sweaters and then moving forward some of the like um the lighter tops might be more spring summer i think that's really beautiful i know that you're very intentional with every piece you're putting in your collection um i i've also seen you like um taking measurements for for size charts and comparing sizes and washing to make sure something's going to be washer friendly and i know that you are pouring like all the love that you can pour into one garment, like you do that for each and every single piece that you've created. And I think it's just so beautiful. And to be completely honest, like I didn't really care before I met you. Like I was just like, oh yeah, I'll pick up a pair of jeans at Walmart. But now that I've met you and I've kind of been introduced to this, it just blows my mind. And it makes me more intentional with my own purchases. I'm like, am I going to love this? Mm -hmm. I have been doing stitch fix lately. I can't go to the store with two kids. Like you can't try on clothes with a three-year-old. It just doesn't work. <laughs> they sent me two tops that I liked the fit, but I knew I wouldn't like the colors. And so I sent them back. I'm like, these are great, but I know I won't wear it because of the colors. And I don't want that kind of stuff in my closet. I want to be more intentional and in choosing out things that are really beautiful. And even if that means spending more money, because before... <laughs> I would be like, oh, this is $4. I'll buy it like because it's on clearance. <laughs> yes. And I have done that. I ha- I'm going to have to tell you. So first of all, that just warms my heart so much that you're having this intentionality and that I, in some small part, like inspired that. That's, that's, so, that's so wonderful. I can't tell you. But I really have transformed my life, you know, and it sounds like borderline hokey or cheesy to say that, but I want to take a breath and say, 
changing this attitude has really um, transformed my life and it's made it more meaningful, you know, even for me, because um, I used to go to Old Navy and sometimes get like even tank tops on sale for like $2 or $3 and I would just get them, wear them once or twice. And then I didn't love them. So there's nothing wrong with something that costs $2. Just, I didn't love them. I was buying it just because it was impulsive. It was something wearable. It was super, super cheap. But then I started reflecting on how do I want to treat my body? How do I want to walk into my closet? You know, I want to have a relationship with every single person I meet. I love to engage. Um, but I also have a relationship with the things in my house and things in my closet go on my body. That's precious. It's kind of like the food you eat. The food you eat is like nourishing you. Um, so kind of changing that mindset. And I thought it was going to take me a really long time. I thought this is going to take like two or three years for me to walk into my closet and say, I have everything I love now. And it didn't. It, it took a matter mm -hmm. of like two to three months. You know, it's so like the first month I went through my closet. Um, I read some things. I watched some YouTube videos. Um, I read a book that's very popular now. It's by Marie Kondo. And I think she's done some mm -hmm. really great videos and TV shows. So that was helpful. I went into my closet and I just, the things that were, they were still good, but I didn't get excited about. I either sold them on Poshmark so someone else could love them or I donated them. So even just doing that kind of lifted me up. And then each time I pick out an item, I ask myself, am I buying this because it's on sale? Or is this really fitting my vision? And I think having a vision for what I wanted my wardrobe to be like, which is based on what I want my lifestyle to be like, accelerated how quickly I got the closet of my dreams. Just only, mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean I went out and bought a ton of new clothes. It was just like this type of jean, you know, like one or two pairs of this, which you already know, a good pair of jeans is kind of expensive if it's the fit that you want. But I said, you know what? I want a pair of jeans that I can run around in, but still look nice, not look sloppy in. And this is the cut that I want because I don't like being super, super tight on my legs. I don't find it comfortable. Um, that made a huge difference, you know, and what are the colors I'm attracted mm -hmm. to? What makes me, um, certain colors are manufactured a lot. Black is a color that's manufactured a lot um, and that I often find on sale. So I asked myself, am I picking this up because it's available or if it's, is it really complementing my wardrobe? Is it what I need in my wardrobe? Um, so it, it, it can be really transformative and it doesn't have to be hard. I think that's the other thing. A lot of us think like having the closet of your dreams. That's also a part of my vision for Corjure to be a component of giving women the closet of their dreams. You know, having pieces that you genuinely love all the time. You feel very comfortable wearing the same top on a skirt or on jeans. You feel very confident about doing it, that it'll look good both ways. Um, it's very transformative. Yeah. And it's it's not a shallow thing too. You know, I think given my background and being all technical, all office-y, I felt like, is this all shallow? No, it's not. It's actually a way of how we take care of ourselves. It's how we present ourselves. It's how we love ourselves. And it's actually how we love the people who've made our clothing also. So it all kind of goes in that same purpose. I can't align myself with... So there's certain clothing brands, I'm not going to mention them here, um, that I no longer shop at because I just don't feel that emotional connection. I feel like it's, it's managed by corporate that is really focused on profit margins versus making people happy, you know, and I'm more focused on making people yeah. happy. And 
so that I've just kind of stopped going to them. There's nothing wrong with their clothes. I just don't feel an emotional connection. You know, so I've also noticed I have since starting this journey, most of my purchases are from small businesses and most of my work is with small businesses. So website design, so grateful for meeting you because you're a small business and I know you put so much love and energy into everything for each one of your clients. And even the two production um, managing partners that I have for getting things done at the factory, they're small businesses. They are not these giant corporations. So they have a lot of heart that goes into everything and they're very emotionally connected to everything as well. Um, And just even everything from like hand lotion to hand sanitizer, I'm buying them from small businesses now. It's been, um, it's been a really nice transformation, you know, starting this journey and then being able to connect with my community and learning that you can get a lot of things that you need on a day-to-day basis for your life by using small businesses. You don't have to get everything from the mass produced brands. You can, you can actually do that. And it's really, it's neat. There's so many people out there making wonderful things from amazing cookies to candles to face masks and there's a wonderful community of small business owners out there that this has really given me an opportunity to connect with yeah for me the the transition has also been a part of body positive like especially after I had kids I did gain quite a bit of weight and I want to be okay with that, you know, like, and I am like, I'm working through it. I have a coach, but also that means like buying clothes that fit me well and not just buying the cheap clothes like I had previously done. And so that was an important step. So even if it means spending, you know, like now I buy like a t-shirt or tank top that's like 35 or $40 instead of buying the one that's $4 on clearance, that's important so that it fits it's long and that's all of those things and I've also noticed that shift in small business owner too like even with clothing also I was really proud of myself because I saw this ad for a dog tag that didn't make noise and I needed to update my dog's tag because she just got her new uh, shots and I was like oh but we have a dog tag company in town like there's a big there's they're not a big corporation but there's a small business I was like oh I'll just order from them instead like it was really cool like it's been a transition especially with the pandemic it's made it it's made me even more aware and before because I live in a small town I was like if I can get it here I'll try but it's not that big a deal but now I've seen that shifted myself where it's like even if I can't get it locally I can still purchase from a small business instead of you know Amazon or whoever I only have a Walmart here in town. So sometimes we get stuck with Walmart, but it's been an incredible transition. And I'm really proud of, I'm really proud of the small businesses that I've worked with. Like it just blows my mind that businesses were able to shift from, you know, only in store to suddenly they have curbside pickup and it just, it was inspiring. And it just wants me to make me do more to support them as much as I can. Yes. I'm so happy that you've been able to support small businesses because Shopify has been such a crucial part of people being able to reach um, an audience through e-commerce and still be able to fulfill orders, get things out. Um, So I've been really glad that some people have already had their websites up and running and they've been able to keep going. Um, But I do have to say, like your story about the t-shirt really touched me because a few months ago, maybe because it's a pandemic, it's more than a few months ago. Um, I bought my first t-shirt that cost $40 and I, I looked at it and I looked at it and 
Then I tried it on, but it, the fit was a million times better than the ones that I'd picked up that were $5. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I talked to this and I'm in my head, I'm like, I'm ta- going to talk to the sales lady about a $40 item, but I talked to her about it and she's like, no, this lasts for like ever. Mm-hmm. She was right. I haven't had to replace it yet. Probably won't have to for a little while. And it really was worth it. And I feel more confident because it fits around one of the areas that I designed for around your arms, <laughs> because I firmly believe that you should be able to lift your arms, whether you're picking up a toddler or a shopping bag, or you need to just get in and out of a vehicle. <laughs> For some reason, this arm area is something that is not designed very well. And this t-shirt, which was $40, it was designed well in that area. And I was like, you know what? It's worth it. The fabric is higher quality than the other one. And it is. It's being intentional about yourself. And I do believe in body um, acceptance and positivity. You know, it's something that constantly frustrates me. And I've talked to some people about this. Um, I want to do the best I can because I'll be coming up on getting ready for some more photo shoots for my products, you know, as we get ready to launch. Um, And I'm reaching out to people because I want... Yes, I can ask people who are professional models and they have a certain body type and that's wonderful. I want to really be able to work with women who are not necessarily professional models. You know, Mm -hmm. they may be working from home. Most people are working from home right now. They might have a diverse like set of backgrounds or what type of job that they're doing. And that's the type of person I want modeling my clothing because then you can actually see it on um, these different types of people, you know, and then you can get a better sense of like, how is this going to work for me? Uh, Cause it's very hard for me to understand sizing when all of the models online are just the same size. It's very hard for me to understand how that, that would ever fit me. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's so important, especially like, even with our time right now to be intentional with everything we're doing. And, you know, I think this is the silver lining of the pandemics that we were like forced to kind of slow down. And although my journey to like being intentional was started before that, I kind of love how it's been nurtured in this time. You know, there was no more of going to the store and just grabbing something because you saw it when you walked by, it was like, Oh, I, I need this for something or. Correct. I like that. Yeah. I guess, especially since my kids have gotten a, like at that stage where I don't want to take them in public, like shopping is difficult. I don't have a lot of time by myself. So having that intentional outlook and mindset of like, I'm only going to get things like it does. I don't feel like I need to go shopping all the time or right. I don't feel like I'm missing out. So. Yes, I think that's a great mindset shift. And also you've taken that time to look inwards you know, as to how you function within your life. I think that's so important. You know, it's definitely changed my shopping habits as well. I'm not as focused on trends as more, you know, like being working in the fashion industry, I used to always be on the eye out for, even though I haven't attended many in person, these fashion shows, I'm not as actually interested in that. I'm actually more attracted to things that I see on Instagram or TikTok of real people who are parenting, trying to get work done, uh, but they have a certain style about it. And what are the type of clothes or the type of products that they're using as they do their day-to-day lives? That's a lot Mm -hmm. more attractive to me than seeing a professionally produced uh, fashion show. So that has been a shift for me as well, because there has been so much innovation during this time. I've seen a lot of people actually getting out 
their sewing machine or getting a sewing machine and going to thrift stores and then just adjusting those and being innovative that way or making their own clothing. That has been so neat to watch. This mm-hmm. creativity has, I think, reemerged during this time. People doing home decor, you know, um, going to the dollar store and taking things and putting them together to make beautiful pieces for their home. I think that is so neat too. So I've been very inspired by the amount of innovation, I think, and creativity that has come out of this time. Me too. Yeah. Well, this conversation has been incredible. I, I've i always thought, because we've been working together for a few months now, several months, and I'm like, Tan is the most organized and like detailed person I've ever met. And I just love everything you're doing. And I'm so glad you came on here to share with us your process of manufacturing and everything you've been learning. It's incredible. And I cannot wait for the pre-sales and the launch of your next collection. Karen, it's been such a delight to work with you and you are so knowledgeable and I love that you're doing <laughs> podcasts. It's so fun. And I hope oh, that thank you. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be so helpful to others. I'm sure people are going to love it because there's, I mean, there's so many different ways to get your products and I love, I love exploring them all because I don't want people to feel like you have to do things one way, you know, especially sometimes I'll hear like, oh, I'm not crafty. And I'm like, well, you don't have to be crafty to have a product business. Like, (laughs) you know, like you don't have to make everything yourself. You can, there's so many ways to have a business and there's so many ways to put out a product that you're really, really passionate about. And it's not just, you have to hand make it yourself. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Yes. Thanks, Erin. Building visibility for an online store is a full-time job on its own. Big name stores have entire marketing departments for this exact reason, but you don't need a full team to see big results. What you need right now are simple and quick ways to give your store a visibility boost without adding more to your mile long to-do list. That's exactly why we created the free five ways to boost your shop SEO PDF so that online shop owners just like you can improve visibility and get more eyes on your shop without any additional stress. These five tasks will give your store a juicy SEO boost to help you show up for the people who are already looking for you without touching any code or having a background in search engine optimization. Head over to productpowerhousepodcast.com to grab your free copy and give your shop the visibility boost it needs today. Thank you for listening to the Product Powerhouse Podcast. If you're ready to dig a little deeper into this episode, come join us in the Product Powerhouse community on Facebook. It's the best place to go to find the perfect partner for your next collaboration, get additional support and trainings, and just hang out with other shop owners. You can be a part of our circle by visiting alexanderdesignco.com slash community or search for Product Powerhouse Community on Facebook. And if you really loved this episode, open up your podcast app and leave a rating and review. Each review makes it that much easier for other shop owners to find us and get in on this action.